did I say length? I'm going to talk at this length. I know. That's mm-hmm. all. Christmas time is here. <sighs> we are all stressed out. <laughs> oh, man. That's accurate. Yeah. God, this week was the worst. Are we recording? Yeah. It was the worst. We almost <laughs> died, Hannah. There was almost no new Comic Bay for the rest of our brief lives. <laughs> yeah, it was... Our apartment almost killed us. Uh, yeah, it... There was a massive CO leak, carbon monoxide for the layman. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is also like the second time that this has happened. We live in a garbage pile. Like, our apartment in the neighborhood we live in is just... A fucking trash hole. Like, yes. oh my god. But it's our trash hole. No. I no. want to move. <laughs> no, you're being I want to move yeah. immediately. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we currently have a giant hole in our wall where our heater was. Yeah. Uh, Which our landlord just, like, came over and just, like, casually was just ripping it out with his bare hands. Is like... <laughs> Ooh, Jeff's so strong. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to say I know. You're supposed to be like, not as strong as you, Justin. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, Jeff is a maverick and we both know it, okay? Uh, There's no denying the truth. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Jeff isn't just yeah. a fucking legend. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he tried to kill us with through Twice with, with his eater. <laughs> um, no, just if you're having trouble picturing this mysterious Jeff, just picture Hank Hill with a goatee. Yeah, accurate. Yeah. And a longboard. Which, oh like, yeah, he longboards. Curveball. Like... He, that was a that was a strange conversation. It was like, oh, you uh, longboard. He's like, yeah. When I like, he goes to some dive bar with his friends, I guess, and he just longboards <laughs> home. I'm sure with no helmet. He's a very libertarian guy, and I'm sure he, you know, thinks helmet laws are stupid. If under... you're confused and like wondering why we know so much about our landlord, it's like, yes, we think about that too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we can't help it. It's the power of osmosis. I feel like you just have like this weird homing beacon for like middle-aged men. Like, I <laughs> I think I'm trying to decide if that's a compliment or if <laughs> it's a semi-compliment. I feel like you have a dad homing beacon. You know what's funny is I went to that Garrison Keeler show last night and all of the dads flocked to you? Uh, two of them in yeah, line. That about right. <laughs> two of them in line to the bathroom, yeah. It was a long line, okay? There was a lot. To... Uh, They're like, this young man seems like he shares my sensibilities and sense of humor. Like, There we go. You know, I just get along with people, Hana. You should try it sometime. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> my natural cat tendencies mm. will not allow me yeah. to get on that level with strangers, Justin. Well, it has been a rough week, though. It's yeah. been like... If we sound like we don't know what the yeah. fuck we're talking about or who we are or where we are, that's accurate. Yeah. Like, we're... Oh, my yeah. God. I, you can't see it because podcasting is not a visual medium, but we're both sort of staring listlessly into the carpet, <laughs> eyes glazed over. Surrounded by blankets because our fucking heater doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work, work in the and we can't, fucking December. And we can't have the space heater on because it makes too yeah. much noise. Yes. We're suffering for you. <laughs> We're suffering the way Matt Murdock suffered at the hands of Wilson Fisk, the kingpin. I was going to say, I was like, you know, our situation is not unsimilar to 1980s Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Like, I know. <laughs> <if> Crime only... <laughs> is on the rise. <laughs> if only we had Daredevil here to stand up for us. And No, I think the important lesson from Daredevil is you got to stand up for yourself. Is that what you got from this? Uh, it's what I get from Daredevil in general. You've got to stand um, up for yourself. Not stand up for yourself. It's 
One cool thing about well, we should say first that we this week we read. Oh yeah, good call. Daredevil: Born Again <laughs> by Frank Miller and David Mazzucchelli, a masterpiece in my eyes. I'm not sure about Hannah. Yeah, you want to do ratings? Let's do ratings. Okay, yeah. cool. It was um an A. I loved it. You loved it? Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was so worried reading it because I obviously loved it. Yeah. I but I was like as I was reading it, and you mentioned in the car today, you're like it's very continuity heavy. I think you told me you felt that it uh like you were coming in. Yeah. So, uh, well, like, actually, cause, so. Uh, I mean, just, like, for a peek into our lives, like, we're, like, driving in a car as I'm trying to read this comic to do this podcast today because we're, like, A-plus on organization and just, like... We had a carbon monoxide leak this week. <laughs> Cut us a fucking break. Get out of here, Karen! <laughs> I don't hear your hey, bullshit. <laughs> I, I have such a huge problem with that Karen meme. Why? Because I fucking love my aunt. She might be... The oh. best person in the entire world. Like, the kindest, most hardworking person I've ever met. She's a beautiful soul, and her name is Karen, and I love her very much. And fuck you to all you chads out there who want to make fun of Karens. I actually, I also love your Aunt Karen. She is the best. But so much so that I forgot that her name was Karen, because no. she's so un-Karen. You know, like, <laughs> you know what she did last night? She just cocks you up so much. Like, we're at this Garrison Keeler event. Justin's favorite. And, oh my God. <laughs> Hanging out with all the dads. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> look, I was only there by semi-choice. But the point remains, he gets on this thing about, he says some line about, music doesn't make you happy, hard work makes you happy. And Karen smiles and she nudges me in the, in the ribs and, and just looks over. She's like, That's She's right. like <laughs> she might be the hardest working person I've ever met. Much to yeah. my Uncle Mike's chagrin. Oh, I, your Uncle Mike is the most chill. Yeah. Like, oh, I love Mike. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's my favorite. They're like yeah, the yin and yang. They really are so perfect together. They're like our... I feel like those are our goals. Like, I, I was like... Oh, one, yeah. One if day, I, I want to be Mike and Karen. I'm obviously Mike in this situation, though. I feel like I'm the fun one. And I'm the hard worker. Right. And you're the layabout. Sure. <laughs> I already don't like this. You like yeah. how I judoed that on you because you are a harder worker than I am, but you already claimed the chill. To be the like, fun one, yes. Yeah. Can I be both? I'm the I'm the whole package, Justin. Karen I'm, is fun too. Yes, we were, Karen like, is fun. I'm, but I am the most fun. I'm we were, fun and hardworking. We were cracking up last night because like there was this lady with this ridiculously curled hair in front of us, mm-hmm. and Karen couldn't see over it. And she just said it. She was just like talking to me. She's like, I can't see over this lady's hair. I have to leave it. And I was like, she's right there. But I feel like that's like what happens as you get older. Because my mom does the same thing. We were talking about this the other night where it's like, she doesn't want to like throw down and actually like fight with people. But she wants them to know that she's pissed. You know, so we're standing in line and someone's like three feet away. And she's like, can you believe that fucking asshole? Like at full volume. It's like, mom, you need to shut the fuck up right now. They are right there. Karen wasn't mad. Yeah. And, but I think that if the lady had turned around, she should have been like, well, you need a comb. Like, comb your hair. Like, she would have, she wasn't mad. She maybe was, she was just trying to be fancy for the Garrison Keeler concert. Or maybe she fucking had like a, like a overdose at the perm factory. <laughs> Brought to you by Justin, who has no idea how things work. Don't like, you get it injected straight no, into your veins and then your hair stands up on end I and mean, then curls? Oh my god. <laughs> Oh. How does anything get done? I, like, I, how, do we, I, how have we gotten this far? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, overdose was the first thing that came to my head. Everyone I don't know. is tuned out. No one is here for this podcast anymore. Daredevil, Born Again by Frank Miller. Except and for Derek. Thank you, Derek, yeah. for tuning in each week. We love you. <laughs> <laughs>
So you gave it an A plus. Yes. I no, wait, no, I gave it an A. Damn. I I yeah, I didn't give it I um I knocked points off because I didn't love the art style. I didn't hate it, but it is kind of in that vein of that sort of um what's his first name? Lichtenstein? He does Roy Lichtenstein? Do not Nope. <laughs> I fucking hate Roy Lichtenstein. I know you do, but yeah. it's kinda of like that old school comic um drawing style that's very like it just it's not my favorite i don't really like it when people use it so i would say like that but at the same time even um with that being said like there were some panels where i was like wow this is a beautifully what's the word composed yeah i gave it an a um i thought that it was really cool i really loved that he kind of like broke down daredevil to almost making him go back to sort of his origin and then sort of, like, built him up throughout the comic. Um, my only, like, prior knowledge about Daredevil was obviously the Netflix series and then also the unfortunate Ben Affleck movie. Yes. I know. Yes. Which, to be honest, I actually... We should go back and rewatch that because I don't remember anything that we happened We absolutely should not because I have gone back and rewatched <laughs> it. I even checked out the director's cut because I had it on good authority from a dear friend of mine who told me, oh, no. You, you got to watch the director's cut. They mm-hmm. add 20 more minutes, and so it kind of, everything fits together, and it's really good. And I was like, okay. And I sat through that turd for fucking an extra 20 minutes on it. And I, I feel like that's your bad. The director's cut is never better, Justin. You got suckered. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. The only previous knowledge that I had about Daredevil coming into this were those two sort of, like, one's a TV show, one's a movie. So I just really liked that they kind of broke him down to his origin and not even his origin, but they they just kind of like started from scratch almost. I also like that they brought in an element of like uncertainty where like at some points you think that he's like going insane. Like he has like this kind of like paranoid bout. Also, I just liked how much symbolism was in this. There was a ton of like Christian and like religious symbolism, which was really interesting because it's just kind of like, I don't know. I don't feel like you see that a lot in superhero comics so i really like that they took it to this like next level where like on its surface it's just a good comic but if you dig deeper like you can find a lot of symbolism and like interesting points it's pretty crazy because i honestly have not i've read this book a bunch and i've never picked up on the symbolism and i was like you know skimming the wikipedia article just going over background stuff yeah and i was like nah i've never seen that but then it's like you with your catholic school education have well like... also i'm just like much smarter than you so like <laughs> <laughs> good joke <laughs> um... and i'm also the fun one and i'm extremely hard working <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't be both hana <laughs> okay symbolism you picked up on it i didn't you're smarter than me allegedly say it again but slower Allegedly, you're smarter than me. (laughs) Yeah, but I I actually really like that. Um, Especially, like, there was a ton of sort of backstory nuggets that obviously, like, I didn't know that his mom was, like, a nun. New development. That's this issue. Oh, really? Yep. Wow. Introduced for the first time. Oh, that's that's really interesting. Because I feel like they set it up to make it seem like that is canon. Like, that they already... Isn't he so good as a writer? Actually, yes. Frank Miller... Frank Miller is so good. He is. Like, I... This... Like, reading this... um, This is one of the rare times where, like... I feel like I wasn't distracted by the art, which I didn't love, because the story is so good. Okay. I'm gonna disagree with you on the art, because I love the art. But I will say that, like, 
when it comes to comics, I can read a good story with terrible art. Mm-hmm. I cannot read a bad story with excellent art. Like, there's something, there's some mix, like, obviously you want good art, good story, but, like, there's something to be, like, it's like, if the story is strong enough, I'll read that bad boy. I mean, I kind of feel the same way, where it's just like, I feel like I used to disagree with you on this point, because I think of comics as such a visual medium, because they are. But yeah, it's totally true. Like, the art can be shit as long as you have a good story. Like, story carries everything. I feel like it shifts, like, my opinion about, like, I always thought that, like, the artist is the most important person on a book, but I think it's actually the writer. It's, I think it's, it really, like, the best comics are that, that team effort, that sort of, like, when two people are, like, on the same, yeah, two or more people are on the same same wavelength. You know what I I really liked about this story in particular? Okay, so you read it in trade. You read the all five issues? I I think there's like seven, actually. There's a handful of issues, right? Mm -hmm. So I read it originally in single issues out of order. Yeah. uh, Because I just pick them up over the years. And one thing that as I was going back through this trade and rereading it was I realized like, how much story he packs into each issue. Each issue is its own, almost like a mini TV movie or something. Like, yeah. There's not necessarily like a lot of stuff that happens in each one, but each issue is gripping in its own. There's a rise and fall and like, you know, fortunes turn. It's, I really, I admire a writer who makes, takes 22 pages on a monthly series and can make, make the entire issue just like, you can feel satisfied spending your, 175 or whatever comics used to cost back then. I was going to say, I was like, wow, that's generous. Now they're like, like, yeah, they're like four bucks. It's so irritating because now they're almost five and everything is written to be collected. So you'll get these kind of like, you'll get issues where it's like nothing happens because, you know, it's part of a six issue series or like it's so I just admire. Yeah, because that to me feels so inflated, that cost for like what you were actually Exactly. There's so many like, and when you have like a big event, it'll be like. Eight ninety nine double sided issue, and it's like, you lady. Well, isn't that guy? What do you whoever. call? Whoever. Nice, yeah. <laughs> what do you call that? Um, someone who is like just buying the comic to eventually like keep and sell later. Speculator. Prospect, yeah, specta- speculator. Prospect, yeah, speculating. Speculator. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, someone who thinks people who think that comics will be worth something are mm-hmm. schmucks. I said it here <laughs> first. They're not going to be worth anything it does bother me it kind of reminds me of like the people who still keep like bags of beanie babies in their closet like thinking that eventually they're going to be worth something it's like they "Eh." won't it's it's like look the market can be artificially inflated for a time and beanie babies were probably worth something at the height of their popularity because everyone thought they were worth something yeah but then the house of cards collapse and they're not worth anything and that's how comics are like, oh, there's 8 million versions of X-Men number one by Jim Lee. Mm-hmm. And you can still pick those up in a quarter bin. It's like, think about how many idiots bought like 50 of those thinking like, I'm going to pay for my kid's college education. Oh, and you're yeah. like, the only reason that old comics from the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, a little bit of the 70s, the only reason they're worth anything is because comics were seen as worthless. So parents threw them out. When when their kids went to college or whatever, they just they were disposable. So there's not very many of them. Right. Then, people the general public was like, oh, comics are worth something. I'll hoard them. And companies were like, oh, people are buying these. We'll print more of them. So there's these there's like, there's so many copies of comics now. They're all uploaded digitally. 
they will never be worth anything ever again. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, especially, I mean, now that we're like in the digital age where it's like, yeah, you can just like read a comic like online or like um, through ever, whatever the comic. There's a few, yeah. Yeah, there's a few like, different, like, yeah, so it just doesn't, I don't know. I don't know. I like, I think that collecting is a form of mental illness. Oh, for sure. I think that it's like, it's a form of hoarding. It's like definitely like, and I, I manage my condition as best I can. Mm-hmm. But, like, the idea, like, there are some people who, like, <laughs> they buy, they're like, oh, it's a new Justice League, number one, yeah. better buy it. And you're like, no, it's not good. It's just some dribble that some companies shit out. Like, but I also think that collecting taps into this thing that I think is really interesting where it's, like, identity building. Where it's kind of, like, I think that people, especially with comics and, like, books, I know that, like, when I was younger... Um, reading was, like, a huge part of my identity, and, like, I was, like, I, like, read books. And so, like, I would do this thing where I would buy books constantly and, like, just never get around to reading them just because I had this weird compulsion, and I imagine it's the same with comic books. Yeah, it's a little different. With comic books, it's, like, your identity is, like, I'm a virgin. I'm a virgin. (laughs) (laughs) You're really digging in, just really, like, committing to the, like... No, I, I... Comic collecting is cool. I like it. I did it for years. You just described it as a sickness. Yeah, it can be both. Okay, sure. It's kind of like how, like, consumption used to be cool in the 1800s. We learned that at the Pharmacy Museum. Oh, my God. Yeah, shout out. New Orleans Pharmacy Museum. A $5 tour. That was the best tour I've ever taken. Yeah, agreed. I know that sounds like... (laughs) The Pharmacy Museum. I know that we sound like your mom and dad being like, you should go check this out, but it's so fucking good. If you've ever wanted to see every fucked up medical idea we've ever had... Go to the pharmacy museum in New Orleans. Also, it'll make you question everything we currently do. Every time I take an aspirin, I think about the pharmacy museum. Did you know that before the Heimlich maneuver was invented, the way people dealt with choking was they would either cut your throat open and try to fish it out and (laughs) hope you didn't die, or they took a giant horsehair brush and jammed it down your throat and tried to dislodge whatever was choking you. That's a real thing. Yeah. So fucking crazy. Hey, let's reuse these hypodermic needles. Is there literally a collection of needles there that are dented, bent, and like, oh my God. It's mind-blowing. Forever pills? Sorry, last one. Forever pills? Yeah. Rich people would be like, they would coat their pills in metal so that they could eat them. Then their servants would fish them out of their poo, and then they could take the pill again, and they never had to buy new pills. And then you could pass it on to your kids. Go check out the Pharmacy Museum in New Orleans. It's insane. So Daredevil. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This episode of Comic Bay brought to you by... The New Orleans Pharmacy Museum. (laughs) What fucked up thing will we think of next? (laughs) Oh, God. All right. So I'm actually really surprised that I liked this book as much as I did. It's such standard superhero fare, and you liked it. uh, I know. But that's why I was, like, going into it. I was like, okay, first of all, I can already tell I'm, like, I'm not going to like this art. Second of all, I'm not down with the superheroes. And especially, like, Daredevil, who I've always felt has been kind of, like, a fringe superhero where I'm just like, I don't know who you are. I know you. So daredevil is justin's favorite superhero he's kind of like he's giving me this stink eye right now but like he's so cool is he yes he's fine i honestly like a weird blind ninja like sure okay wow sounds really lame yeah oh (laughs) like the way you summed him up was awesome i guess i mean yeah (laughs) (laughs) i haven't particularly been against daredevil i just like when people are like oh let's like talk about superheroes he's never one of them that comes to mind and maybe that's the fault of the media. 
Yes. Portraying the media is biased against Daredevil. Yeah. Because he is a man of faith. And in this secular, godless nation, we've lost sight of God, Hannah. We're moving on. Um, Yeah. (laughs) He's just like frantically doing like. Yeah, I'm like, no, I'm going to cut you off right there. (laughs) Anyway, so what is your rating for this? I give it a solid A. I love the writing, love the art. I think, and it's one of my. When I was a child, I went down to Santa Barbara and visited my other uncle, Eric, who was a big comic collector, and he had a suitcase full of comics. So I spent the entire weekend, because adults are boring and they just talk a lot. Adults and so it was are like. So boring. Yeah. Yeah, and they've always been and they always will be. It's yeah. one of the beauties. <laughs> it's the beauty of life is that adults will always be boring. And uh, anyways, sure. so as a kid, like I basically spent the entire trip with my family, like hold up in a room reading his old comics. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the trip, he took me to a comic shop and he was kind of trying to describe to me like, well, how do you buy, you know, how you buy comics? He's like, okay, well, you know, like you just buy a character you like. And in my weird little second grade brain, I was like, oh, I have to choose a favorite character. <laughs> so that was a lot of pressure. So yeah. in that comic shop, I was like looking around, I was like, Who's my favorite? Who's my favorite? Who's my favorite? I sort of settled on Daredevil because he had that cool red costume and devil horns. Mm-hmm. So the very first issue I bought of Daredevil is this one where he's like pointing at, he's like got a gun and he's like pointing it right at the reader. And okay. Like, no more Mr. Nice Guy. Wow. Daredevil 183. Which is weird because Daredevil doesn't usually use a gun, does no, he? No, he's blind. He'd be an awful shot. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. and also it's like he's... <laughs> it's, yeah, a, it's actually a really he's cool... He's also kind of like a ninja. That's it's his a deal. Really, it's he's a like really... a knockoff Batman. I'm sorry, Justin, do you have a thought you want to express? <laughs> oh, there's so much to unpack there. Okay. I bought Daredevil. Loved him ever since. So this, the, the some of the stories, some of the issues in this story arc mm-hmm. were some of my earliest comics. And I've read them and reread them till they're like dog-eared and folded up. Like, I mm-hmm. love this book. Addressing your Batman point, Frank Miller <laughs> reinvented Daredevil, took him from Stan Lee's bullshit C-level Spider-Man yeah. and turned him into a film noir, gritty ninja running around the roofs in New York. He th- This was how Frank Miller made his name. And then DC later tapped Frank Miller to reinvent Batman, who had previously been sort of like, ho-hum, chum. Hey, Robin, let's fight the Joker in broad daylight. And he turned Batman into a dark, gritty vigilante. Wonder where he got that idea. Maybe Batman is the <laughs> shitty copy of Daredevil. I said it. I stand by it. At least Daredevil has the wherewithal <laughs> to wear his horns with pride. Batman has devil horns and he just wants to be Daredevil so badly. Oh it's pathetic. I've had too much wine. And I know that. <laughs> and I know that now. But I'm sorry. Daredevil's my favorite. He always will be my favorite. Frank Miller is the granddaddy of Daredevil comics. This particular series was his return to the character that he kind of made. And it was great. It was excellent. Yeah. Should we summarize? Yes, we should. Okay, I'm like a little bit nervous about this actually just because I feel like this is one of those comics where there's just so much like details. Can it's... I try and I'll try to hit the broad points? Sure. I know. It's like the pumpernickel of Yes. comics where he's just like dance so i know you i know that many people know that i talk too much yeah and i and i Sorry, get too I'm detail tired. oriented <laughs> i'm gonna try and sum it up broadly okay daredevil's ex-girlfriend karen page who had been written out of the series is brought back and she is now a heroin addicted porn star because she tried to move to california and make it big as a movie star 
Ooh, gritty. Anyways, <laughs> so she sells out Daredevil's identity for a fix of heroin, and that identity works its way back to the Kingpin, Daredevil's mortal enemy. The Kingpin then begins to test the information by ruining Matt Murdock's life. Matt Murdock is Daredevil. The blind lawyer is Daredevil. He finds out that it's true. It works. As he messes with Matt Murdock, like having the bank foreclose or the bank freeze his assets, the IRS do an audit, a police officer comes forward and swears under oath that Matt Murdock committed perjury and did all these sort of shady things, so he loses his attorney's license. As Matt Murdock's life uh, implodes, Daredevil becomes more reckless and kind of wild and crazy. He can't quite figure out why everything is going wrong. And the the Kingpin is sort of sitting back in his spider web, pulling the strings and like gleefully watching Daredevil suffer. He then makes a uh, fatal error, not fatal because he doesn't die. No one dies in comics, but uh, he kind of, he blows up Matt Murdock's house and Matt Murdock realizes this is the Kingpin. And so Matt Murdock essentially has to dig deep, uh, kind of pull himself up back from rock bottom. And this is that story of a, a broken man. A man without hope is also a man without fear, as it says on the back of the book. <laughs> and that's the broad story. Oh, yeah. Actually, no, I feel like that's a really good summary. Like um, It's a great book. It really is. Like it, um, it, I mean, it's interesting because it's like one element that they sort of incorporate is that, um, you know, as uh, the Kingpin is kind of like unraveling like Daredevil's life, um, he, like, Daredevil just becomes, like, more and more paranoid. Like, there's an amazing scene where he is calling, he's trying to call Foggy, and you his see him- His best on, friend. His best friend. You see him on this payphone calling Foggy, and he's having this whole conversation, and then he's like, okay, I've got to go, and then he drops the phone, and then the phone is like, the time is, like, four, and you realize that he's been on this phone having an entire conversation to, like, this- nothing operator like phone i mean which is just nuts and so you're like oh fuck he's gone like he's he, yeah so he's paranoid. he's like losing it and he's got nothing he's got no money he's got no job he's got no friends daredevil as a character is like so i collected a lot of daredevil and i recently went through all my collection and like filtered out all the crap and there's yeah. a lot of bad daredevil stories I can but see that. <laughs> the best Daredevil stories are about a person who does not give up. A person who perseveres, like through gritted teeth, will always pick himself up off the mat and kind of fight his way back. I mean, especially and, because, yeah, because Daredevil is a boxer who's blind. Yeah, well, he's the son of a boxer. Right. A sort of like a never was. Yeah. A sort of But he, like, he could have been. Yeah. Or... And so it's like, there's this weird, there are these recurring themes in Daredevil. Uh, you know, Daredevil loses everything. Daredevil loses his mind. Daredevil takes on an alternate identity. That one doesn't really factor into this story. Daredevil fights his way back. This is sort of the original. This is grade A stuff. This is like someone pushed to the brink, almost broken, and they fight their way back. And I think that Daredevil is incredibly inspiring as a fictional character. In my hardest moments, (laughs) this is very pretentious, but I really do like, I think that he is an inspiration. I love this character. I think that's, yeah, I I can totally see that because it's like, this story really is like a story about like rebirth and like coming back from the edge. I th- I thought it was super inspiring and like yeah, I think I could totally see where you get that where like Daredevil is kind of like the um sort of symbol for somebody who's been like knocked down and is like coming back and like won't let like the things in life like bring them down. I don't know. It's like I could see Daredevil as being like a really great symbol for like people who have like 
dealt with like serious issues in their life and like are like on the way back from like from recovery or something like that like i don't know i just i yeah without without sounding too flippant i think that if you are depressed or if you are kind of struggling i think that daredevil is a great book to read because a lot of the great daredevil stories are stories of like persevering and you find daredevil often isolated through he sort of isolates himself because he thinks like i just have to do it myself and in a lot of ways he does stand alone but there are he always comes back to his friends and his loved ones they're always there for him i mean this book is filled with ordinary people who like sort of stand up for him and fight for him in ways and like i mean some of the coolest sequences in this book are not even daredevil fights he spends so much of this book curled up in the fetal position or beaten to a bloody pulp and it's like you see ben Urich. Oh, right, the journalist, yeah. You see the journalist who's, like, chasing down the story of the kingpin, Mm -hmm. you know, attempted murders on his life, intimidation. Yeah. He's sort of fighting for, like, he ends up fighting for Daredevil, and, like, you see Foggy Nelson, you know, in court, arguing, trying to, he keeps Matt Murdock out of prison, like, but he's not able to save his attorney's fees. Like, Daredevil is a character who simultaneously can stand on his own, but also relies on the people around him and so i think that if you are struggling with something mm-hmm. daredevil's a good character to kind of he's a good character to look to for help i, I could totally see that i like so in this book too um i mean t- just talking about like the other like secondary characters what do you think of the kingpin as a villain i love him I think he's so really cool. yeah. I thought he's kind of lame. He's like a giant baby. Like I feel like half <laughs> he of does the, look like a giant. half of this comic he spends in a weight room in what is essentially a diaper. Like yeah, yeah, and he's and got, he's like lifting weights and he's just this big fat baby. Like <sighs> the only thing I don't like it is kind of funny because at one point in this series, Daredevil ends up fighting essentially like the Vietnam era super soldier. Frank Miller created this character Nuke. Who's, Which we've got to talk about, because that was batshit crazy. We do have to talk about him. But, like, so it's like, Daredevil's essentially fighting a super-powered Captain America on amphetamines. Yeah. And they're, like, barely well, going Captain to... America, my like, new guy. Like, Daredevil beats him. Yeah. But then, like, earlier in the series, Daredevil had gone toe-to-toe to the Kingpin and lost. And it's like, so you lost to a fat guy, but you can beat a super soldier. Yeah. A little inconsistent, but at the same time, you know... Especially because, like, the Kingpin, like, while he is, like, extremely strong, they kind of, like, build that up where it's, like, he definitely is sort of portrayed as, like, this wrestler or sort of, like, this strong man, kind of... But he's also, like, a mafia boss. And I don't know, for some reason... That's never been, like, scary to me. Like, that concept Probably because like, we don't deal with it. I'm sure that, like... You I know, mean, it's I not guess, really a West like, Coast thing. No, but also it's just, like, a, the idea of intimidation or manipulation. I don't know. It's, it like, much like bears. Like, I'm you didn't just, like, like I'm when not he was, afraid of this. You didn't like when he was taking out the other mafia dudes? They're, like... I mean... No, I mean, I find that interesting, and I find that a compelling story. I just don't find that scary or, like, intimidating. I think as a villain, he's a little weak. Oh, man. I think he really came into his own. He was originally a Spider-Man villain, and he was just kind of like a fat guy, bad guy mafia dude. Yeah. And then it's it's in Daredevil that he's really had a lot of nuance, and, like, he's sort of become this, like, imposing figure, this, like, you know, Matt Murdock can't fight him. He's a legitimate businessman, and he's yeah. a pillar of the community, and then it's like, but really he's involved in all these illicit dealings and shady kind of, like, underworld stuff, and the daredevil has to kind of fight him on two fronts and i i think that he is he's i think daredevil's best villain Uh, mm. 
I mean, I, w- I wanted to talk to you about that, too, actually, because he's in Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like bit... him in Spider-Verse very much. Well, it's also just, like, I mean, they definitely humanized him. Like, I felt for him. Like, I didn't feel like he was a villain that I could be against because yeah. I just felt so much sympathy for him. But, um, yeah, that was interesting. And also, J. Jonah Jameson is in this comic as well. And I was surprised so much by how much the universe is crossed over but in, like, the MCU, we haven't seen Daredevil come back in any... And is that just because he's on Netflix? or like? So, a lot of that has to do with the fact that, like, the movie rights... So, Marvel went bankrupt in the 90s. Um, some would argue deservedly so. Because of a series of bad business decisions. And so, in order to stay solvent, they ended up selling off the rights to different characters, to different movie studios. X-Men and the Fantastic Four went to Fox. And um, there were, like... And, you know, there were all these different characters. So, like... Actually, like, Hulk, Captain America, Iron Man, and, like, the Avengers. Yeah. We think of them now as the premier Marvel characters, right? Right. But at the time, like, X-Men was the best-selling Marvel book. Spider-Man was a close second. Like, those were the big franchises. So the reason that we have Iron Man, Hulk, and Captain America as, like, great movies is because Marvel didn't even want that. Marvel didn't (laughs) sell them to anybody because no one thought they could make a Captain America movie. I mean, I'm going to be totally... Yeah, like, when... Um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like, first began, like, putting out these movies, I had no idea who any of these characters were. Yeah. Except for the Hulk, obviously, because everyone knows who the Hulk is. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, Captain America, like, Iron Man, I had never heard of them before. Yeah, so, like, basically, so the reason that we don't have a greater crossover in the in the movies is yeah. because, just because of movie, right? It's just studio shenanigans. We've got the rights to so-and-so. We've got the rights to so-and-so. Nobody's ever going to cross over. Mm-hmm. And so... What did you think about, um... Karen Page's portrayal in this comic. I don't like it. So, um, like, what... Yeah, because I was I was really interested... So, when we open up this book, she's a junkie. Like, she's living in Mexico. Yeah. She basically sells out Daredevil to get a fix. And it's just, like, she's... She's not portrayed unkindly, but it's definitely, like, a version that is, like... I don't know how I want to... I don't know. It's just, like, you're... She's she's not a good person. It's, at it's the, grimy like, and it's lurid. Yeah, and, and she's like of... using and she's using this guy to get back to New York. Like she's just having sex with him to get back to New York. And it's like I don't want to like I don't want to conflate the idea of like if you're a junkie, you're a bad person. I don't think that's the case. I do, but it does seem like she's using people. She's using sex to get what she needs. And it's, like, I get that she's kind of, like, in this place where, like, you know, she's sort of controlled by heroin and the... But it was weird. It was, like, a weird portrayal. And I was wondering if that was, like, if that checks out with her earlier portrayals in Daredevil. It does not. Um, it does not. How funny, though, was it when she meets up with Foggy? Because they're old friends. Yeah. And Foggy's just like, hey, you look uh, good. Yeah, you look <laughs> great. You're... Foggy is such a nice... He's just such a nice little, yeah. like, hapless schmuck. He's, I really yeah. like Foggy Nelson as a character. He's one of my favorites. I but... didn't. I don't love him as a character, but I, I he serves a purpose. Like yeah, yeah. But um, so going back to Frank Miller is a person that you could argue is almost a Frank uh, Mark Millar. Yeah, he's kind of like in terms of like he's got a lot of really badass strong women characters mm-hmm. but sometimes the women in his comics meet unfortunate ends or have kind of like it, it, he can be seen as very misogynistic yeah that's an interpretation that i would not necessarily argue against 
I mean, I can um, see that for sure in this book. But I think the difference between him and Mark Millar mm-hmm. is I feel like Mark Millar creates... He's a sellout. I think he creates work that he's like, a studio will buy this. And he just does like yeah. lurid, grimy shit. Whereas like, I think that Mark or Frank Miller yeah. creates work that he believes in. And sometimes it's it's gross and misogynistic and, well, and so then... unappealing. But also at the same time, like, I think he's got enough... Re- I don't know for some well, reason. But yeah, but like what? But then which is worse? Like Mark Millar, who like does it strictly. I mean, we don't know this. We're assuming, but like I'm assuming, like that, yeah. assuming that he does it strictly for business purposes. Whereas like Frank Miller, who actually believes that women are dispensable and can be used but as I like catalysts for change. No, their... no, 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 no. I don't think that he believes that women are dispensable and that they can be used as catalysts for change because he's created some of the strongest char- like female characters in okay. comics. Yeah, I think that he tells stories that can be. I think it's one of those things where it's like, he's a man. He's a product of his time. Well, yeah, he's a product of his time. Which doesn't, like, validate anything that No, and I, and done, I think that he but... writes... What I what I admire about him, even though I don't always agree with him, yeah. is that he writes with a strong voice, mm-hmm. and you can kind of, like... Sometimes you can really like it, and sometimes you can be like, dude, that's really fucked up. Yeah. But I think, like... He writes what he believes at the time. He's also gone back and, you know, retracted certainly. He'll be like, I wish I hadn't written that. Yeah. I also think that, I think that he is a complicated character. I think maybe at some point he struggled with some alcoholism Mm -hmm. and some other stuff. So I think that like. You can maybe see that in his work sometimes. Yeah. But I also think that like, I don't think, I think because like, you know, you kind of write what you know, right? Yeah. So it's like, he's a man. So he's writing mostly male characters and like. Like, I think it's just, like, it's almost a product of, like, ignorance or, like, not really thinking. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, when you're, like, reading something and you're, like, this is a female character written, obviously, by man. Electra, created by him, fucking badass. Crazy. Right. Just, like, an insane badass. Uh, I think that he can be seen as misogynistic, and I wouldn't dispute that necessarily, but I don't think that... His work, to me, is just not as hateful as Mark Millar's. Like, Mark Millar... If you listen to the last podcast and listen to that Feather of Truth game, uh, he's a pretty he had some pretty loathsome ideas, and you could play that game with Frank Miller. I think he would barely skate by with. I think he would barely go to heaven <laughs> only because only because the Feather would be in favor. I mean, only slightly. I'm, I don't want to play the game again necessarily, but I'll read some quotes to you right now if you want to hear them. No, I mean I don't think we need to. I don't think we need to, like, get into, like, I, I I see what you're saying, and, like, I could definitely see that, where it's, like, even, so, Karen Page is, like, one of the few female characters in this book, and even just her portrayal, like, I could totally see, like, where you're coming from with that. Also, who was the other girl? Glory Grant. So, that was, that was Matt Murdock's, at the time, current girlfriend. So, I actually didn't pick up on that. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, like, Frank Miller picked up a book from a previous he picked up this book this was his big return he picked okay. it up from a, another writer and this character had been created and been dating matt murdoch so can we talk about her for a second because it's like so first of all i had no idea that she was his ex-girlfriend maybe that's my fault for not carefully reading it's it's there it's yeah okay and yeah. then second it's like so immediately like right after the book starts her and foggy like start spending more time together and eventually they kind of like get involved um it's so annoying because i feel like he does this thing that I really hate when authors do this, where, so she's Irish, and they, like, but they kind of, like, really go fucking in, where she's like, 
oh, yes, like, the palms, like, oh, when I was living in Ireland during the Troubles, and you're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, stop. Just, yeah. Like, it literally everything that she says somehow references, like, hey, did you forget that I'm Irish? Because I am. Like, I mean, that was a pretty big st- uh, character arc from her in a pretty mediocre Daredevil run where she's like, being chased by an ex-IRA killer, you know? like oh, okay. it, it's so, like, so it's like, to not include it would be like, just ignoring her entire character. Probably, yeah. Okay. I don't know, it's kind of weird, because I think this was, like, Frank Miller kind of being, like... Because Karen Page and Matt Murdock end, end up together, despite all the all the troubles, you know? And I think this is him kind of being, like, sort of resetting. This is who Matt Murdock is supposed to be with. Yeah. He's not supposed to be with some random yeah. kind of bland They're, Irish, like, trying like... to, like... Okay, well, who is, who is Daredevil's main squeeze? Because, so... I mean, obviously, most of the stuff that I know about Daredevil, it's, as I mentioned before, it's, like, the Netflix series or the movie. So, is it Elektra? Is it Karen? Like, who... You can make an argument for Elektra or or Karen. Okay. Elektra was, like, she was retconned in. Like, when Frank Miller filled in Daredevil's early past, he kind yeah. of created her as this, like, first girlfriend, sort of ninja master badass. Yeah. And then, like, they have a cool thing, because she essentially, like they were opposing forces later in life where he's good and she's sort of was converted to the hand and she's evil. And so they like, she's an assassin sometimes working for the Kingpin. Okay. So there's that. If you're going from the beginning of the series, Karen page has always been the love interest. Yeah. She's like, you could make an argument for either one. There's also the black widow daredevil. Daredevil is kind of, wait, what? Yeah. Daredevil is, is actually kind of skeevy because he kind of hooks up with a lot of people in the Marvel universe. Uh. And so he's kind of like the walking STD, in my opinion. Like Yikes. when I think about, like when I think about everybody he's hooked up with over yeah. the course of the, like you know the however many. It's years. like if the Marvel, it's, like the Marvel Comics universe has a Christmas party and they're like, oh fucking Daredevil's here. Yeah, like, it's <laughs> like oh Jesus Christ! You're like yeah, I drunkenly kissed him under the mistletoe. Like right, he yeah. is like literally, I think in my opinion, would be riddled with STDs. By the God, just yeah. Somebody write that fan fiction. I actually love that so much. Jubilee's in the corner and be like, I think he's kind of cute. Be like, don't even. No, just don't. There's like. actually a uh, unlicensed... Uh, I've never read it. I only... Okay, oh, I just wow. want to be very clear. <laughs> I, like, I want to be very clear here. Uh, I've never read it, but there was, like, an erotic fan comic that oh, sort of made God. the rounds in comic news. going this way. Well, I remember because, like, whatever website I was reading, Comics Alliance or whatever, they yeah. showed, like, some sample art, but obviously it's pornographic, so they can only show certain things. And it was so gross because, like, he's got all these heightened senses, you <laughs> I know? you hadn't read it, Justin. The sample art. On oh, the, on yeah. The you know what? Fuck off. <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, but, like, it was just, like, this, like, the sample art that they could show because it wasn't pornographic was yeah. almost, like, you're just, like, ew. Yeah. I don't want to think about how he can taste every rivulet of ew. saliva. Uh, you know, like, yeah. It's just, like, it It got bad. Oh, uh, like... <laughs> He's the walking STD of the Marvel Universe. Fair enough. I mean, I, I completely believe that. Yeah. Ugh. So, Karen Page, Elektra, Black Widow, possibly. There's a few options there in terms of, like, his true romantic interests. Karen Page is currently dead in the Marvel Universe. Mm, okay. I don't. I don't want to get really in. like in what do you mean like in the comic universe in the Netflix yeah, series? yeah in the comic universe just she's, in she's dead did she die in the Netflix series maybe I didn't Spoiler I stopped watching it I, I know so I stopped watching I. it and my main problem with the Daredevil Netflix series yeah. is that I have a lot of you know what 
I'm not gonna get into it. I know, it's like, I feel like we could have a whole separate podcast about, like, that Netflix series, like, I, I have just... so many problems with I it. I just hate the fucking, like, wet boy that they hired, like, to play Dare, Daredevil. He, like, play... he's also in Stardust, and he's just, like, a fucking misty-eyed... I hate him. He's such a bad actor. I'm gonna let you keep... I, like, I will let you talk as much shit about that series as you want. I'm actually... But... Well, okay, so after reading this book, I was like, I kind of want to finish it. I want to go back and, like, just finish it out, because I'm like, I don't know... I, I want to just see what Netflix did with, like, this character and, like, this yeah. story. I would have loved to see this specific story made into a movie or made into a series. I think that would have been great. You know, tearing Daredevil down to, like, um, kind of, like, being this paranoid fucking homeless mess where he's just, like, at rock bottom and then he kind of, like, builds himself back up. Like, so Karen eventually finds him and he starts working as a, at a diner to kind of just, like, make ends meet for both of them. But then, obviously, like, shit goes down with, like, the kingpin. And also, oh my gosh, okay, so I think this is a really good time to talk about the nuke. Nuke, yeah. yeah. Nuke is... What did, do you like him? Did you know? No, like him? I fucking hated him. Okay, just so, like, nuke... Well, I don't think you're supposed to like him. Right, like, but, but also, it was just kind of, like... It was, like, if you just asked a seven-year-old to just be, like, draw me a villain. He, like, he's a... He's a super soldier that has the American flag tattooed on his fucking... I was like, what kind of bullshit is this? Like, Frank Miller can get a little political. I think this was his attempt at, like, sort of addressing, like, the Vietnam War kind of. Right. Well, it's interesting because Captain America also gets in the mix. Right. And I thought that was a great, like, I I really, I like that story. But it's basically essentially, like, Captain America kind of finds out, the kingpin, he's got dirt, blackmail on everybody. So he's got a sort of general in his pocket, and yeah. he essentially brings this super soldier that the government has been hiding. It's like a super soldier that was created during the Vietnam War. But using the same program that Captain America was created under. No. Yeah, or as like a byproduct. It's, or like a... it's a... Okay, so when Captain America was created, the Nazis killed the scientist who had the formula in his head. Yeah. So like, the whole thing is like, there can only ever be one Captain America because this you know, scientist right. is dead now. And so no one knows what the formula was for blah, blah, blah. And so this is not that same program. This is the government trying to be like, well, we need a new super soldier. Captain America at this point would have been on ice. Right. You know, he's not around. Well, but he is in this comic. Right. But, but like fighting in Vietnam, oh, I see he, what would, he would have been on ice. Okay. He wouldn't have, he missed Vietnam. Yeah. And so they, the government is trying to create a super soldier to fight in the Vietnam war, which I think is an interesting concept. Yeah. And they do it with, amphetamines and a bunch of other stuff so he's like a psycho with like basically plastic skin like he can't be like yeah. no no nerve endings can't be hurt and a fucking and american flag tattooed on his tattooed face. on his face nuke <laughs> just straight and across his full face give me a red you know like, he's just <laughs> like, like if you're imagining like a cute little american flag just like cheek nope. tattoo no it's, it's like a prison tattoo <laughs> face like yeah. full-on like forehead to chin but I think they do a really good job of showing how psycho he is. You know, he's yeah. like on the plane and the stewardess is like, oh, we didn't have that brand you were asking for. Here's this beer. And he's like, where was it brewed? And he's like grabbing your wrist and like, yeah. kind of like, like he's like all, all out American. Like, I mean, that's what, it, that is really interesting, especially because you mentioned, I didn't really realize that Frank Miller was really political, but I mean, looking back after you say that, yeah, that, to- that totally checks out. Because pl- this character is like very much just like, um, American patriotism and nationalism, like, taken to the nth degree. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of jingoistic. Uh, oh, totally. Psycho. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 100%. And basically, the kingpin ends up sort of, like, tricking this mentally ill psycho mm-hmm. into, like, attacking Hell's Kitchen. And, like, that... So that issue is one of the first 
that image of Daredevil standing in the flames with his yeah. billy clubs is burned into my brain. That it's Im- an amazing, like, what is that called? I, cover or yeah like, it's a, yeah. Yeah, yeah and like i love the those those two issues with just nuke i had those two before i had any of this other series yeah and i must have read those a million times because it was just like daredevil fighting this guy and he's like kicking him off a roof and nuke has like a helicopter backup just fucking blowing people away and he's and daredevil's talking about like, he's like don't listen to the children screaming like tune them out take out the threat <laughs> and he's like and he's like trying to chop the nerve points because Daredevil's a ninja. Um, I mean, it was great. I don't love fight sequences just because I feel like they take up a lot of space. And obviously, like I really enjoy more like um, story and character driven like books. But I will say, it's like yeah, that he was like an interesting villain. Like I yeah. was just like, wow, this is really cool. especially because in those issues, Captain America gets involved and he shows up. Captain America, my guy. Wasn't he cool when yes. he like when he's just like he's like carrying people. He's like this one's wounded. He's like he's like talking to Thor. He's like bring down the rain. Oh like, right, like, so the uh, Avengers like make a cameo in this, not just Captain America, but like I mean, kind of like I really like the way that they were portrayed though, because like from Daredevil, a street level like a ninja, yeah. like they're sort of like if you're like working at a corporation, they're like the CEO and like his whole like team, and then like you're just like one of the fucking data entry people. But like yeah. he like <laughs> you're like oh my god, like yeah. no, but also it's just like yeah, I really liked how the Avengers were portrayed, and that's I think going back to it, why I wish that Daredevil had been more involved in like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Again, it's a rights thing. It's just a rights thing. I mean, I know. I know it is, but it's just like... Like, I would love nothing more than to see a good Daredevil movie. Like, especially more than fucking Ant-Man or whoever... What was the guy? The Robin Hood knockoff bullshit? What's his name? Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Fuck that guy. I like Hawkeye. No, he's bullshit. Not in the movies. I like him in the comics, and I know his costume sucks. Hawkeye's cool. Going back, I'm going to put in a quick plug. You mentioned Daredevil movie. Yeah. If you get the chance, type into YouTube, Daredevil Sizzle Reel. And you'll see why I had such a problem with the Netflix series because essentially Fox lost the right. They they basically had to make a Daredevil movie or they would lose the rights to him. Right. I think that's right? just how... I, that's why we have so many fucking Spider-Man movies. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So they had to make a movie. And so this one director pitched a sizzle reel, which is essentially cutting together other movies and media to be like, this is the kind of movie I would make. Yeah. And so he... It's sort of like a mood board for movies. Um, yeah, mood yeah. board. Yeah. So he put out the sizzle reel and he pitched it to the studios and they turned him down and didn't make it. And then the rights lapsed and they made the Netflix series. And the Netflix series, the first season is arguably okay. But type in Daredevil sizzle reel and tell me you don't want to see that movie. Because what you were talking about, wanting to see this as a movie... Oh, yeah. That's what it is. I'll show it to you when we're done recording. It's okay, I think really... you have shown it to me in the past. I feel... I probably have. Yeah. I've probably I shown mean, you... Like, yeah. We'll watch it again. Yeah. yeah. Like... <laughs> oh, that's why I love you so much. That's why I love you. Uh, <laughs> it's so disgusting. I hate uh, this. Yeah. Okay, uh, real quick. So we summed up the story pretty good. Read yeah. it. Please read it. It's really it good. It is really good. Like, I... Yeah, Daredevil is an underrated um, superhero, and also, like, this book, I can't believe that I've never heard of this before, this podcast. Like, it's great. If you're, yeah, like, if you're looking to pick up, like, a superhero book, like, I would say this one is awesome. And the oh. art, despite what Hannah says, is amazing. David Mazzucchelli mm-hmm. is a genius. Not only is he a no. genius, not yeah. only is he a genius, but he can draw the standard superhero Boo. fair. Wait, False. wait, wait, mm-hmm. wait. But... He can draw in radically different styles, and I wish that this was a visual medium so I could show you his book, Asterios Polyp. So unlike this, you wouldn't even believe it's the same guy drawing it. He's such a versatile artist, and he's a master draftsman. I love him. I love this book. She's groaning. 
that means it's time for Beyond Okay, so my Beyond the Panel for this week is the new Black Widow trailer. We gotta talk about this. Black Widow has, of the Avengers, I've never really warmed her. She's never been, like, my favorite Avenger. Like, I just, like, I've never liked, but, but I have felt like she got done dirty. She got done fucking dirty in Endgame. And also, like, she should have had a movie way before this. Right, because she... It's, like, too little, too late, Marvel. Like, suck my dick. Get out of here. It is, like, again, it speaks to that sort of, like, frigging tradition oh, in yeah. comics of, like, of, like, the female characters tend to meet bloody ends. You can't give us a solo... Mo- I mean, you can, because you are, but you can't give us a solo movie after she's already dead. Right. Yeah, also, spoiler alert, if you're, like, the last person in the world who hasn't seen Endgame, Black Widow fucking eats it. And it sucks because it's, like, okay, can we... Okay, Black Widow in Endgame is actually, like, I feel like that was the movie where her character, like, really developed the most. I feel like in other movies, she's just kind of around as, like, just, like, almost, like, fuckbait. I just hate it so much. She's just there for Captain America to make googly eyes at before he goes back to Peggy or, like, for Hawkeye to be confused about. No, no, no. He was never confused. That's a totally platonic uh, friendship based it? on mutual respect. Okay, yes. sure. But also, Fuck off. <laughs> but also, it's, like, she doesn't have that much character development, but I feel like in Endgame, she did, where it was, like, okay, like, this is actually really interesting. I feel like she's developing as a character... This is awesome. And then she fucking dies. And, okay, here's the thing. She fucking dies. Like, Tony Stark dies, and every person in the Marvel Cinematic Universe shows up for his funeral. Black Widow dies, Hulk throws a bench into a lake. Like, that's, you know what I mean? Fair like, point. it's kind of like, it's Fair. like, it's like, where's her funeral? What the fuck? Fair like, point. but she's a super secret spy. Oh, yeah. One so thing that I didn't mention, yeah, that's the other thing. Hulk also wants to fuck her. Like, that's just like, hey, big guy, it's like, get the fuck out of here with that. Look, Black Widow had so much potential, and you get an actress like Scarlett Johansson, who's a fucking smoke show, and also such a good actress, and it's just like, do something with that Marvel and then they're like okay here's what you want you know she's dead now but we're gonna have like a movie and it's just like no no one cares anymore everyone's tuned out like we're we're done I I agree with 95% of what you said okay there's no disputing that Marvel portrays her as like a badass like that's totally like I can't dispute that but I just am annoyed that all of the other characters get these, like, kind of, like, multi-level sort of emotional character arcs, and she kind of gets nothing. We know nothing Actually, about her. Aside yeah. from, like, her relationship to the other male characters. It's funny, because I was reading a Reddit thread, and Hulk also gets, like, no character development in the Marvel movies either. Really? The first movie, you know, he's got that scene where he punches the whale, and he's like, he, he mastered the Hulk ability yeah. off screen. They never show it, right? It's like, right. oh, he just has it. Uh, Infinity Wars. No, but I feel like he's constantly struggling. Also, Thor Ragnarok. Like, he, like... He's a champion in another world. Off screen. In Infinity Wars, he's beaten by Thanos. And, like, Hulk is, like, scared. Remember the whole movie? Hulk won't come out because he's scared. Okay. Endgame. He's back. Off screen character development. I mean, actually, that's a really interesting point that I've never thought about. Because I've always thought that Hulk... Not of all of them, but he definitely... I've always thought that he had, like, an arc, you know, where yeah. it's, like, he's struggling with this internal demon that he's... Cap kind of... has the best arc in that whole scene. Cap and Actually, Tony have the... Like... No, I, I feel like Captain America has God, 100... Captain America. He has the best arc. Chris oh. Evans is the best Captain America Oh, ever. my God. Also, but just Endgame, I would watch that movie again just for Captain America. I just... He's so good. Question. 
Yes. We could watch it tonight, first of all. That's I mean, a statement. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, could, we could watch it tonight. Yeah. Um, Disney Plus. Yeah. Sponsored by Disney Plus. Uh, owned by Disney Plus. <laughs> um, Help us. Uh, <laughs> Help us. Baby Yoda owns our souls. <laughs> so the, the, the Scarlett Johansson, the Black Widow trailer. Yeah. I think it looks promising. As long as it's like a really tightly woven, like James Bond, like espionage movie, yeah. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm a little, the thing that gives me pause yeah. is David Harbour. Oh, because good call. David yeah, Harbour. No. David Harbour does not have a great track record with comic book movies, and I'm looking at you, Hellboy reboot. Yikes! <laughs> Big yikes. So for my be on the panel, I recently watched the Hellboy reboot, and I also watched a video about like why it was terrible, and it's <laughs> fucking. Do awful. you have a link? Like, what's the? If you just type in <laughs> Hellboy yeah. Reboot Terrible, I'm sure you can find <laughs> Hellboy Reboot hundreds of videos. Plus terrible. <laughs> it's funny because like so I was rewatching a scene from it and at one point in the CGI, like so Hellboy's big thing is like the right hand of doom. You know, he's got this like he is a sort of Lord of Hell, he might not know it yet, but like Anangun Rama, the destroyer of the world, this right hand of doom will sort of unlock the apocalypse. And at one point in this movie he's fighting these giants and he does like a somersault, like a roll to dodge one of them. And it's all CGI because that's how all movies are made these days. The hand switches. It's his left hand. Oh. Which is just like. That's bad. Yeah. It's like, wow, you guys couldn't that's even get that. sloppy bullshit. Yeah. It was yeah. like. And man, there. I mean, there are a million reasons that this movie is awful. I could I could go on for hours and hours. But like my main thing with Hellboy Well, we movies, will read Hellboy eventually so you can. Okay. How long has that series been going on? I don't know. Decade, decades at this I'm like, point yeah it's like you're... at least at least two decades at this point yeah over that course like they've hinted at the sort of like anangun rama destroyer of worlds bringer of the apocalypse yeah they've hinted at it they've seen glimpses of it but mostly hellboy is like dealing with like occult mysteries and kind of wandering around the backwoods of bavaria fighting you know eastern Ooh, european vampires I, I or werewolves love that shit oh yeah. my god i'm so here for that oh and every fucking hellboy movie even the guillermo del toro movies as much as i love you guillermo i do love you Call they <laughs> they are they always fucking blow their load super early They're like Rama, look he's the devil and you're like yeah. no stop yeah. give us a fucking vampire murder mystery give us a werewolf movie Give us like a I fucking... feel like what you're asking for is like the Hugh Jackman Van Helsing meets like the Guillermo del Toro. No, but the problem with Hellboy. the but again, no, because they had Van Helsing syndrome where they tried to throw in Frankenstein, vampires, werewolves. Yeah. They try to get it all in one and it's like just That's give... actually so true. Yeah, it's like just like it's like calm down. Like everybody Look, take a step back. Give me a Hellboy trilogy where it's like he fights a vampire or a coven of vampires. Yeah. Then the second movie, it's werewolves. And the third movie, I wanna see some weird cause Mike Vignola really knows his shit when it comes to the occult. Oh, which so I it's love. like, give me something weird I haven't heard of, because that's what the the Hellboy comics are so good at. And then throughout that, kind of thread this like, is he really helping us or is he the you know the Ooh, devil? Yeah. And then it's like, and then in the fourth, fifth, whatever movie, like every movie studio wants to have their own extended universe, but they don't have the patience to wait a decade. Right. Just wait. Just wait. Yeah. What I really want to see from Hellboy is like, I would love to see a Hellboy series because it's like what I want is like a little dash of Supernatural a little dash of Hellboy like a little dash of like some um like 
Mm, actually, no, I was going to say Vampire Diaries, but I don't want to go there. But um, again, like, even the supernatural thing is like, that's a good, that's a fair point. I, yeah. I haven't watched a bunch of supernatural. No, but it's like Monster of the Week, but also there are subplots that carry that carry the through. And yes. like, I know, like, certain friends of mine have issues with like the humor in the in in like hellboy movies like it's like it shouldn't be that humorous it's no like, i i feel like it is my i don't mind a little bit of humor like, so yeah. like so he's kind of a funny dude all i'm saying is like okay the hellboy reboot that i watched so there's oh, with he, um dave david harper yeah cat harper <laughs> hopper <Yeah>. but <laughs> he's but he's like in the opening scene he's in mexico investigating the disappearance of his friend who had been like looking for the vampire coven yeah and uh he wanders into a lucha libre match there's a lucha luchador who knows him Mm -hmm. and it's like oh it's his friend his friend and his friend has been turned into a vampire so there's like his friend kind of transforms into a monster vampire and they fight and it's like this thing where they're fighting and hellboy throws him like he picks him up and throws him and he's impaled on the metal like the uh, one of the poles for the the ring Uh and the vampire dies you can't kill a vampire by throwing him onto a wrestling ring like i guess it's like give me a fucking decapitation give me a staking give me holy water give me something it's weird because i feel like you're really sticking in on this like vampire lore a little too like intensely well the only reason i'm sticking on is because like what is hellboy he's like an occult detective hellboy would know how to kill a vampire and i felt like right off the bat this movie fucks up and doesn't know how to kill vampires. And so, like, right there, that tells you everything you need to know about it. It's not going to be I feel like they got close enough. You kind of, like, you impale him. You've stabbed him. You've staked him, basically. I see what you're saying with the heart thing, It though, doesn't ring true. The thing with the luchador is kind of annoying, though, because it almost feels like they tapped into this nerd boy algorithm where, like, we know what you want. You want, like, vampires, you want luchadors, and you want Hellboy. Like, okay. I also hate when, when popular media... This is my own pet peeve, so, you know, you don't have to listen to it. You can turn it off right now. But, like, I hate when movies and TV pretend like professional wrestling is real. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because it's not real. Like, if you're going to have a real fight, show boxing, show UFC... Like, professional wrestling, the joy is not in the fact that it's a quote-unquote real fight. It's two skilled athletes working in coordinate. It's like a ballet. It's like they're mm-hmm. they're working together to create this thing. And it's like this story of good versus evil, you know? And you kind of have these, like, these archetypes kind of, like, clashing. And it's like, it's, yeah. a, it's storytelling. It's a soap opera, mm-hmm. but with violence. <laughs> That's been Comics Bay. Thanks for listening. Next week, we are reading Uncle Scrooge. Only a poor old man. I'm so excited. This is our Christmas special episode. We're going to get into, obviously, we're going to be talking about A Christmas Carol, which is not just the greatest Christmas story ever created, but the greatest story ever written, ever. I was with you till, like, I was like, I was on board, and then I was like, no. Just to clarify, the comic is not about a Christmas. No, it's only tangentially like, related to Christmas in that it's Scrooge. Uncle Scrooge. Yeah. But it is a great story by Carl Barks, and yeah. I think that we will really enjoy it, and I hope that you pick it up and read it, and I hope that you really enjoy it. I'm excited to get into some classic Disney, some yeah. uh, Donald Duck, some situations. Yeah. As always, you can buy new comics at your local comic shop, or you can check them out for free at your local library. You guys would be actually be surprised how many comics you can get at the library. It's like just go, just go look. I was, I myself was hugely surprised by how many like trades they have. In fact, I've stopped buying mainstream Marvel and DC because I know in a few months it'll show up at the library. So- also, fuck them. They kill Black Widow, so I don't give a fuck.
And fuck them. They're two giant corporations that are going to keep selling you the same old nostalgic bullshit over and over again with new, more expensive variant packages to create the <laughs> illusion that they're actually worth some money. Yeah. So fuck them. Stick it to the man. <laughs> yeah. Read the classics. Go to your library. Go to your local comic shop. You can find us at Comic Bay Podcast on the Twitters. Um, please follow us and just like come and hang out. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys. So tweet at us or yeah. Or shout at us. Don't through your old-fashioned telephonies. Yeah. <laughs> Find our apartment. Yell outside our window. I guarantee that we'll hear you because this wall, these unless, walls are paper thin. <laughs> like, unless the carbon monoxide has leached into our lungs and we've died. You're right. This may be our last podcast. <laughs> In which case, we've loved being here with you all. Like, <laughs> Bye! Bye! <laughs>